Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks have used to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for January the 23rd in the year of our Lord, 2023. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to use the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America, to use the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founders, and to reject revolution, stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. On Saturday, Chris Carlson and I discussed beware of compromise behind the scenes, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we talked about how will Speaker McCarthy betray us now. Yeah, McCarthy's track record, according to Daniel Horowitz and many others, is absolutely disastrous. Yeah, they always say close, but no cigar. Nice try, but no cigar. And we always get so close to really making a difference, right? We then discussed term limits. And, of course, Sam is 100% against term limits. Uh, I believe we already have term limits if people just vote the rascals out. But everybody else wants to make a law to do that which we, the people, ought to do, but we simply don't. And I said you can't create automated government folks that isn't the way the founders intended it doesn't work like that anyway then we talked about democrats decry dark money but then they won with it in 2020 that's how they roll right Uh, we talked about dr ryan cole doing a phenomenal job you can't find that for which you do not look Uh, and he talks about the scandals in covid he talked about a vitamin d epidemic He talked about other YouTube videos being taken down about his educational realities. We talked about the the ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine antivirals. And um, look, they're just trashing society. Trashing we the people. We have federal agents saying don't do autopsies. We're not going to look at that. We're not going to fund that. His response is they say don't study that. Don't. Do autopsies. Don't fund that. Don't look at that database. Don't consider this. Don't. Why wouldn't we? He says you can't find that which for what you do not look. His point is they're lying to us. And the proof is they're lying in every way under the sun. Get the government out of the people's health care. Look, we need medical care government free. Okay. The government and policymakers don't need to make all these decisions for you. Don't ever experiment on the children. Don't let them destroy your relationship with your doctor. Amen to that. Anyway, great couple hours with Chris Carlson available at libertyroundtable.com and lovingliberty.net. Without further ado, Dr. Scott Bradley with me, freedomsrisingsun.com. Welcome back, sir. Well, thank you. Um, Glad to be here. And I uh, hope everyone is having a delightful Monday morning wherever they are in this great nation. Uh, there may be people listening overseas, by the way. I, yes, there know, are. Uh, there was a time when I ran for office that uh, I had some tracking software. It wasn't really tracking exactly to the end point. But uh, uh, on my website, they could tell me every morning uh, where the l- last day's, you know, yesterday's um, hits came from, what part of the world. 
It was absolutely astonishing to me uh, that people all over the world were checking us out. I mean, people in far distant countries, and uh, I think it's rather interesting that there's a lot of people around this good old world that um, that are interested in what's happening in the United States. They are, I think, concerned, and rightly so, that if the United States falls, the world falls. And uh, and they're trying to keep track of what the heck we're doing here. So so I found, a, I mean, it was a very, very high number. Every morning I'd get out of bed and run to the computer and start uh, just checking it out. And my heavens, uh, we had a map up of the whole world and the number of hits from each country was astonishing. So maybe there's people listening here that are, uh, you know, on the Internet. In the Internet world today, you can you can uh, get a lot of uh, contact with without having to go through a standard, you know, commercial radio kind of world, you know. Yes, indeed, there are many people listening from across the country. Once in a while, I get emails or hints or updates from them, and I appreciate them and their involvement. Uh, around the world, anybody who wants to learn about the sacred principles of God, family, and country, I'm ready to share. That's the deal. You know, it, Welcome to the broadcast. <laughs> um, yes, Dr. Say, Bradley. When, when we first got uh, out of the hospital last year, uh, well, it was in December of 2021. Anyway, uh, the uh, I, my wife says, you ought to put something out on Facebook, you know, that you're home. We rec- continue recovery at home. I don't know how to work Facebook. She says, just tell me what to say and I'll do it. So I did, and within half an hour, we had responses from South Africa and China. I mean, you know, it's like, holy cow, what's going on? Uh, people that were wishing us well and everything. So, yeah, you just don't know uh, the how wide a net you're casting today. So maybe you got to keep that in mind. People around the world need to know how to preserve the great blessings of liberty or obtain it, at least, in their country. Roger that. And, you know, one of the things um, that's really important to kind of understand is we just do our part to tell the tale of liberty, folks. We don't, you know, really engage in do we have a big enough audience? Is it a small enough audience? Sure, would love the audience to grow. Don't misunderstand me. But we're not looking to just broadcast to the masses. You know, if you got me on in, say, New York City or L.A. or some of these big, you know, Chicago, some of these big, big places, I'm not saying it wouldn't be cool. But I am saying, you know what, 99% of those people don't care. They're not interested in preserving liberty. They're just interested in the, you know, I got to get mind club idea. You know, we're seeking out those who want to prepare for the Savior Jesus Christ's return. Those people who want to learn about and embrace Christian principles. Those who need those gentle reminders, for we all need to remember, remember about God, family, and country. Okay, we're seeking for those people. And whether our troops or our group becomes big or small, that's up to God Almighty, not up to us. What's up to us is to do our part, to stand as a testimony at the last day, saying we taught these principles. And yes, we'd love more and more people to come along, but it takes, uh, you know what, a, a humble heart and a willing hand. It takes a desire to cleanse one from the inner vessel. Uh, cleanse the inner parts before we can look outside and look at others. We're talking about a relationship with God. We're talking about people who believe in God-ordained traditional families. We're talking about people who truly, genuinely believe in and understand and embrace the Founding Fathers' views. And yes, new people can join the choir and have great awakenings, but it's more about preparing a people than it is about talking to the masses. It's more about those who want to learn and to grow and to be alongside 
rather than, uh, you know, rock star uh, Sam and Scott talking to somebody or whatever. We have a different agenda for this program than almost every other broadcast out there. Okay, we're not interested in in being rock stars or in being famous or being popular. We are interested in sharing these values. 68 days of silence. Why did Biden, on one hand, claim cooperation, but while engaging in a huge cover-up of classified files, he made it sound like, oh, man, you know, uh, Trump didn't cooperate. I'm cooperating. Well, it turns out he didn't cooperate. They knew about it a couple of days before the November midterm 2022 elections. They covered it up. 68 days of silence before uh, Joe starts speaking out about it. And now we find that he's got files in this place and files in that place. Whoa, more files in that place. Whoa, files in the garage. Oh, man, files in the house, files literally everywhere. He's not cooperating at all. He lied. Okay, now he's got mums the word. He's saying, hey, no harm, no foul, nothing to see, move along. But Dr. Bradley, um, they literally created an FBI raid on Donald. Now, I'm not justifying Donald's position either, but I'm merely saying they're, they're taking kid gloves on the current president because he wasn't even president at the time, making his scandal much worse than Donald's to begin with. Uh, we've got a serious problem, and is there anything that's going to happen here or no? Is it just how hum and we're moving along? Is that all we're going to get to on this thing? My honest answer is usually what you're looking for, and I don't think anything will happen, but it should. Uh, Just because uh, the scoundrels are in charge, the deep state, uh, honestly, uh, whoever gets pinched on these kind of things, uh, I mean, it just doesn't happen with the uh, senior management, if you will. It's a tragic travesty. We've talked a little bit about this before, but people need to remember that Donald Trump could have, I don't know if he did or not, but could have declassified everything he walked out the door with. And uh, that isn't the case with Joe Biden. Joe Biden walked out the door with the stuff he had when he was vice president. No authority to declassify anything. And consequently, everything he took, if it had a classification on it, was a violation and therefore should be prosecuted. And uh, and the thing you as you point out, uh, silence is uh, golden. Uh, you know, mum's the word. Uh, the, you know, they're they're talking about uh, this George Santos guy, that uh, the Republican leadership knew that he was a liar, liar, pants on fire long before the election, that his whole uh, resume was was falsehood. And uh, they still number one didn't say anything. Number two, they let him in the Senate. I mean, House. Swore him in, and now it'll take two-thirds to get him out if he doesn't resign. Uh, but here's a much bigger problem. I mean, yeah, the nearly 700,000 people that elected him under false pretenses in the 3rd District in uh, in New York uh, were certainly buffaloed at the very least and, and certainly depra- betrayed, and it could be a lot deeper than that. But the fact of the matter is, here's the Vice President of the United States, became the President of the United States, who is lying through his teeth, and he says, oh, we've got a special investigator looking at this, so quiet down, you guys. Maybe we can talk about it more when we get back, because uh, I'll tell you why I don't think it's going to happen. Liberty Roundtable live in seconds. 
Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. All right, Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com, and Sam Bushman breaking it down just for you. 68 days of silence. Then Biden claims cooperation, but he's engaging in a huge cover-up of classified files, worse than Trump's by far. First off, he wasn't even the president, so he had no right to declassify anything or take anything anywhere. But he did, and he did on multiple occasions, it looks like, multiple times. They say part of the reason it took so long is they didn't even realize. They just thought that there no way it would have some of these documents at home. Well, I don't understand any of that, but nevertheless, that's their excuse. They sure gave uh, Joe the benefit of the doubt, not the Donald. Uh, Both of them, in my opinion, are engaging in serious security breaches. But when we know we're in serious problems with Russia right now and the Ukraine, and then these documents are about the Ukraine, and then we know that Joe says he didn't have a relationship with his son Hunter and some of the, uh, you know, business associates, but now we find out that Hunter literally rented Joe's house for $49,000 a month, and Hunter was driving the Corvette in the same garage where these documents were and more. Dr. Bradley, it was the cover-up that took others out of office. Uh, what about now? Well, it, it was a, I think part of the problem on, on uh, doing the investigation is how expansive the uh, the spread of documents was. I mean, it it just wasn't in one closet. I mean, there were uh, multiple places, uh, different geographies, and he's, um, you know, it, it's one of those things. I 
I guess I have to kind of think that if there were honorable investigators there, which I guess is always a question, but if they were doing an investigation, they they were thinking, oh, yeah, this has got to be it. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. How, how come there's some, what, there's some over here, too? There's some over here, too. And pretty soon it's like, holy Hannah, what are we overlooking right now? And, uh, and Biden talked about having an open presidency and they're going to be above board and yada, yada, yada. This proves absolutely not. Of course, all of us could understand that for the last two years. But the fact of the matter is Biden, Joe, was covering up for Hunter because of his involvement with the Ukraine and, and the corruption that is going on, was going on there, is going on there. And, um, and so obviously with Hunter having access to these Ukrainian documents, the idea of the all of the Chinese documents are their top level kind of secured type information. Uh, Hunter could be selling that stuff to the Chinese. And, and that, that's the thing. The university that was hosting the Biden think tank gets millions of dollars from some unnamed Chinese donors for crying out loud. I think that like $61 million uh, between 17 and 20, they took, you know, even more than that. Well, not more than that, but they took more since then from the Chinese. And it's just a, a money trail flowing from Beijing to some of these things. And we have to say to ourselves, how did we get our pocket picked on that one? I mean, what what did we lose in that last a little bit of larceny, you know? And I, really, I, and I don't know where it's all going to go, but I, I'll tell you, I'm we talked about this a little bit on Friday. I'm kind of wondering if the deep state isn't saying to Biden, you know what, there's enough heat, there's enough fire. You know, it probably wouldn't be wise for you to run in 2024. Let's pick somebody else. And, and they may be looking for a replacement that uh, that has uh, more chance to win for their party. I, I don't know. I just can't hardly imagine that, that Biden will end up coming out of this thing as the next president in 2024. Well, one thing is coming out of it in 2024. Another thing is being impeached and or criminally prosecuted uh, for this. In, in my mind, this is way beyond the uh, Donald Trump scenario. And you almost wonder if they knew this was going to come out about Joe and they couldn't stop it eventually. So they released everything about Donald as a precursor. Hey, raid his house, do this, do that, act like it's such a big deal uh, as a way to kind of tamper, tamp down what, hey, we'll let Donald go too if you let Joe go. and what it, I don't know, but it just seems very strange. The timing of all this, uh, it got discovered supposedly right before the election, in my opinion, suggesting more election fraud, manipulation. What if the people knew this scandal? Would it have changed certain views of Republicans and you know, people voting straight ticket Republican and or Democrat or whatever. And, man, you know, um, we're going to now vote Democrat because the guys are good, not like Donald. But yet then now it's worse. And it's election tampering mixed with cover up, mixed with intrigue. And you kind of wonder all the timing of President Trump's and this one now. You kind of wonder if there's more to this than meets the eye, doctor. You You really could wonder. I mean, it's not like this kind of stuff has not been unheard of in the past. I mean, you look at when Bill Clinton had his uh, dalliances with the uh, intern. In fact, I think there's a an anniversary of that. I had to look it up when we'd have another break of what's going on with, uh, you know, what's, what's going on with Lewinsky and him. 
And concurrent with that was, was this <gasps> big discovery. Nature magazine put it out and everything. Ended up being false. They retracted the uh, article. But look at this. Oh, Thomas Jefferson had uh, posterity through Sally Hemings, his slave. And uh, actually what ended up happening was uh, they retracted that. Na Nature magazine has a lot better reputation than what they let show that time. And what they actually proved is we, the, uh, you know, Colander was a journalist, kind of, yellow rag journalist of Jefferson's time. And he said there was this little boy running around Monticello that uh, looked just like Thomas, only he was half black and all this stuff. They actually proved DNA genetically he was not descended from Thomas Jefferson. What they did prove is there were some. Yeah, but how are you going to commit the smears like that, sir? Well, that, well, that's the problem. See, I'm like I'm saying, there's they run these things to detract from the Bill Clinton Bravo Sierra that was going on, and they say, oh yeah, they've always done this. They've all been involved in the yeah, they're kind of yeah, you know, powerful men, and yeah, these women that are kind of in their clutches, you know, and so on and so forth. But uh, but this very well could have been something like that with the Trump thing. But that doesn't make Trump's things any less serious and. And maybe it wasn't at all, but we need to find out. But certainly uh, Biden's thing uh, needs further investigation. And I, I, I can't imagine an impeachment and removal from office having success. Uh, you know, the idea that Bill Clinton felt like he could have raped a woman, shot her dead, and he wouldn't have never been removed from office, I think is about the status that we're finding here with the dynamic that's in the legislature. You have to have a House that impeaches, brings charges, an indictment, if you will, a Senate that will vote two-thirds removed from office. And um, I, I just can't see with the, with the political alignment with parties be taking precedent over anything principles will, will result in that. So I just can't see him being removed. There may be a, some noise about it, but... Holy cow! Getting it through a, de a democratically controlled Senate. Yeah, but even the Republican possible. controlled though. We're letting DeSantis or oh, the Santos right. guy, this George. Look, this is the Republicans, and we know he committed election fraud. Literally, it's one thing to just embellish a resume. Okay, yeah, I worked construction and I did a great job, and then it turns out okay, I worked for my dad. That's not really a lie. It might be putting the best foot forward, and not really, you know, giving all the details. Of, you know, to make someone appear a little more credentialed than they are. But it's not a dishonest lie at all. It's all true. In this case, though, you have blatant lies about literally every aspect of his life. He's a drag queen. Evidence of it on video. He denies it and says it isn't true. You got information about his family and his history, his his ethnicity, etc., cetera, uh, that touch on some very, you know, uh, in my opinion, uh, lightning kind of topics, World War II and, and you know, Hitler and, uh, you know, whatever. Um, and then you've got lies about his profession. You've got lies about his, you know, professional career and his educational career. And, you know, look, this isn't even at all the guy that people voted for. It's absolutely election fraud. There's no way to debate it. Well, the Republicans are like, you know what? Who cares? You voted for McCarthy. Put him on special, powerful committees. Okay, so there's no, there's nobody there that will hold Biden really accountable, even if they impeach him in the House for good measure, just to look good. There's nothing that's going to happen, doctor. And until we get a handle on this in America, I see nothing but trouble. 
you can't just ignore these fundamental principles and then complain that Joe's doing it when Trump did it. And now Santos, we don't have anybody, in my opinion, besides maybe, you know, one or two that even have the morality to even speak up against it, doctor, much less do anything about it. Who's speaking up against this like I am? This is criminal activity. Who's calling it that? Who's nobody? You're right. I mean, uh, it just really is. Uh, and I'll, I'll mention something after the break about the 17th Amendment uh, that came up over the weekend. I had a number of calls and, and texts about this from people that don't understand the dynamic of the Senate right now and uh, some of these things. But anyway. Diane H.I., the, the good doctor in seconds, Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsizingsun.com. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Jerry Varmash. The man who fatally shot 10 people in a Southern California dance studio had once been a regular presence at the studio, even meeting his ex-wife there, according to CNN. Authorities identified the 72-year-old Asian man who they say opened fire near a Luna New Year celebration in a Los Angeles suburb. Los Angeles County Sheriff Robert Luna. Our sheriff's uh, SWAT team approached and cleared the band and determined the suspect sustained a self-inflicted gunshot wound and was pronounced dead at the scene. The man was found dead in a white van after a standoff with police in Torrance. One House Republican is calling President Biden a, quote, serial classified document hoarder. Appearing on CBS's Face the Nation, Ohio Representative Mike Turner questioned if Biden showed the documents discovered in his private Delaware residence to anyone. Turner said that's the only reason he could think of as to why they weren't taken out of the classified space. Senator Joe Manchin, a Democrat from West Virginia, weighed in on NBC's Meet the Press. They put those in un- unsecured spaces is irresponsible. Senator Chris Coons says the discovery of classified documents in President Biden's possession will not be a deciding issue for voters in the next election. What's going to matter going forward um, is how this is handled. And President Biden has fully and promptly cooperated. Appearing on ABC's This Week, the Delaware Democrat says the issue is not one keeping Americans up at night, like the day-to-day concerns like inflation and the cost of prescription drugs. I'm Dave Collins. Sports, the NFL's Final Four is set. The San Francisco 49ers have a return engagement to the NFC Championship. Getting past the Cowboys Sunday night, 1912. They'll visit the top-seeded Eagles on Sunday. The Chiefs and Bengals will meet for the right to represent the AFC in Super Bowl 57. This is USA News. Nothing fights the winter blues like a delicious and satisfying meal. Luckily, Omaha Steaks makes it easy to start the year right and keep that warm and cozy feeling going all winter long. Right now is the perfect time to stock up and fill your freezer with flavor. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code TREAT at checkout and get $30 off your order. Save on perfectly portioned favorites, easy meals, and so much more with Omaha Steaks Freezer Filler Sale. That's $30 off an endless variety of gourmet choices from incredible steaks, premium chicken, delicious pork to seafood. There's something for everyone, and every bite is backed by their 100% money back guarantee. 
Visit OmahaSteaks.com today. Enter TREAT at checkout to get $30 off your order. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Visit OmahaSteaks.com. Use promo code TREAT at checkout to get that extra $30 off your order. Minimum order may be required. All right, back live on your radio, Dr. Scott Bradley with me. So uh, these guys are criminals, and I don't know what to do about it, folks. It is a national security crisis, and the Republicans are as derelict in their duty as the Democrats, doctor. Well, there's no question about it. The um, The idea that, well, and, and we've talked a little bit about this through the break, and uh, people ought to be sometimes privy to some of the things that get bantered around, but, but when Biden was vice president he traveled to china on air force two so he's going you know on the <clears throat> public transportation that taxpayers are providing to him he took hunter along with him hunter went over there and negotiated a mega million dollar business deal while he was there in china with him and uh, that gave one uh, at least one of them anyway. We don't know for sure more, but at least one of them uh, set aside 10% for what they called the big guy, which has been identified as Joe Biden. And uh, and so here we have personal benefits that are coming out of this. We don't know, how, like I say, how our pocket got picked when, when we were there. Our national pocket, our security... You know, Hunter may have said, you know what, i got a gob of stuff that you guys might be interested in. What's it worth to you? He may have made Xerox copies, you know. I mean, come on. It, it could easily have happened. To everything else that's happening there, there has never been a shred of integrity in that man's body. And, uh, and so here we have some of the stuff that's there uh, that, that's been brought here that was classified. It's the University of Pennsylvania. According to the records, uh, University of Pennsylvania took $51 million in foreign funding in 2021 that included $14 million from China and Hong Kong. You know, China and Hong Kong are two peas in a pod right now. And then they got $2.4 million from Saudi Arabia, a million from Cayman Islands uh, that was gifted to the uh, Penn Wharton China program. And... Uh, and that was on top of the $61 million the Chinese donors gave the University of Pennsylvania between 2017 and 2020. I mean, now, think about that. Uh, that was when Trump was in office. And, and Biden had this stuff in his garage. And Hunter had access to it. I mean, you just don't know where this is. And, and well, I started here's what you do know. You know there's enough evidence Ladies and gentlemen, there's enough connecting the dots. There's enough. The term they use for the American people that's kind of average Joe-esque is probable cause. We know there's enough probable cause literally to start a serious investigation, to leave no stone unturned, and to literally start to criminally prosecute for actions. Hunter can be arrested and criminally prosecuted now. Okay, Joe can be literally impeached by the House immediately. But what is the House even working on, Doctor? What are they even well, working on? It doesn't appear they're working on this. But, again, I, I, I keep coming back to it all boils down to we the people. 
If we the people are not being eternally vigilant about our liberty, we're going to lose it. And I mentioned just before the, the break at the bottom of the hour. And that, I agree uh, with your point, but I'm saying, what, what does a guy like me do? I want to be more vigilant. I want to be more dedicated. I want to be more committed. I want to take action. I want to, what do I do? Well, I think you're doing quite a few a things. A radio I show mean, you, you mean? Uh, yeah. yeah. Spread yeah, the word. Yeah, you go okay, on the air good. every day. You try and, uh, but the, here's the yeah. problem is most of us are more interested in the bread and circuses that they're playing out there for us. And... Um, uh, but, but uh, you know, again, I mentioned just before the break that uh, I get questions about recall of senators and what, what we can do with this re- getting rid of the 17th Amendment, which I fully support using the same methodology we got rid of the 18th Amendment, which was the 21st Amendment. So just do a shotgun approach. No, do not do a Constitution convention. Do a single amendment that says we're repealing, make it the 28th Amendment if you want, we're repealing the 17th Amendment. And the people thought, oh, well, if the, if the states have the power again to appoint senators, then they can recall senators. These kinds of misunderstandings that are out there with people that are paying attention a little bit is totally wrong. We don't have recall in our Constitution for anybody. You don't have really any good way to get a hold of it or get rid of a senator and or a representative except for the next election cycle unless the bodies do something about it, right? Right. The bodies have to do that. And and the fact of the matter is the Founding Fathers understood that when they wrote our Constitution because they had recall. They had term limits in the Articles of Confederation. And they, they don't want those either of those for legitimate reasons, Doctor. They're, they had bad, they had bad history with them. They had bad experiences with them, and and what needs to happen is the people need to pay attention. As you said earlier, I like that. You can't put government on autopilot. This is one of those things. There's got to be somebody at the, you know, paying attention at the controls all the time. You know, if it's going to fly into a mountain, let's steer around it. You know, it's it's not. Yeah, it reminds me of the helm. Uh, what is it? The helmsman of a ship? Yeah. Okay. You yeah, gotta be there. You gotta pay attention. You gotta have your lookout dude in the bird's eye. Look and go, hey man, uh, what is up there? You gotta have people probing the depths. You gotta have people kind of figuring it out and looking at true north and looking at the compass. And this is a twenty-four round-the-clock watch, people. Okay, you can't yeah. just let the thing run aground and go. Golly, that was horrible. Maybe we should blame the Constitution. Maybe we should blame the, the chart maps. You know, they're bad. No, no, folks, come on now. You've got to be at the helm. There's no other way, doctor. Absolutely. And, and if people don't believe me. I, I know people say, oh, no, they didn't have recall in the old days. They didn't have term limits. Yeah, they do. Go get the article, or they did. The article, Articles of Confederation, Article 5 says that they have the power reserved to, this is Article 5, Clause 1, reserved to each state to recall its delegates or any of them at any time within the year and to send others in their stead for the remainder of the year. They could recall. The Founding Fathers had this document in front of them. In fact, they had been charged with the responsibility in 1787 to basically amend the Articles of Confederation. Well, they could have amended that out. No, they... They just started over, okay? Article 5, Section 2, not Section 2, Clause 2, says that no pe- person shall be capable of being a delegate for more than three years in any term of six. Okay, so that's the, 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 they had term limits. That's a clear they term had limit recall. right there, folks. <clears throat> yep. 
But they, but understand, they here's what their experience it. was, Doctor, on a little bit of a broader context, but I think just as related as this. They ran government without checks and balances. And the most important thing they learned was you don't need term limits. You don't need recalls. You, the checks and balances are the key because it makes the wheels of justice grind slow but ever so fine. They understood that, you know what, give some time. Give a little, let the checks and balances work. If you really people at the helm running this ship, in the bird's eye, whatever you want to say, in the, uh, at the helm, whatever, you guys need to get reliable, stable, solid information, and time has a way of doing that. So they weren't, they weren't, uh, they weren't concerned about we've got to just jettison everything and, and go for emergency, whatever. They knew emergency ideas were dangerous. In fact, the reaction to the emergency was as bad, if not worse, than the emergency itself all the time. So they learned this. They understood this. Checks and balances were key to the structure that made sure that we didn't just go off crazy on democracy whims or controlled by the media or, okay, this was all designed on purpose. And they realized a check and a balance way better than a term limit, way better than a recall for all kinds of reasons. Um, you look at it one side, and hey, a recall sounds great, but you look at the broader view. Every time the broader view brought checks and balances to the system, that's where they believed the answers lied. That's where they thought we could really make a difference here. Um, what we've done is jettisoned the checks and balances, and that's why it doesn't work, doctor. Well, see, the people that want to rewrite the Constitution want to control government. Well, no, let me just... Uh, Okay, let's be logical, reason, and intelligent about this. The Constitution is about controlling government. It is controls on the government. It delegates certain specific authority. That's it. None. No more. The Tenth Amendment absolutely, completely, totally s settles that in everybody's mind. If we didn't give you power, you don't have it. So th what's happening now is, is that they've ignored that thing, and they think, well, if Constitution doesn't specifically say I can't do something, I can do it. No, that's not what it says. Go read the Tenth Amendment again. It says if you have not been delegated that power, you don't have it. So it's a it's not just checks and balance. It's the way the power was delegated. Certain organizations had certain power. President can't legislate. He does all the right, time. But the way the the way the power was delegated therein lies checks and balances. Because we sure, didn't delegate that does. to you, you don't have it. That's a check and a balance right there. There's no question. We're and checking you is, because it's not in your list, people. We're, okay, the person, this is what I mean. We need to understand that the, the separations are the key, Doctor. Let's skip the no break. Question. Dr. Bradley, respond. Well, here's, here's the deal. Everybody in their office has a constitutional responsibility, not just authority, but they have a responsibility to do so to push back. And there's some very interesting dynamics that you can read some of the things that that uh, James Madison said when he was a legislator. He was in the legislature. Yeah, he was an attorney too. But but he, he was in the legislature, and he pushed back on the executive. He said, over our dead body, this is our realm. You are not going to come into that realm like the president does with his executive orders and so on and so forth. But then when he was president, he was protecting the executive branch. And that's how it has to be. There has to be a... A clear understanding that if you took an oath to uphold this position that you're in within the within your particular, you know, office, that that you've got to push back. And the, and the problem is one of the problems. Many one of the many problems 
is that those that are in office have more loyalty to the party than they have to the Constitution and the oath they took. And, and it's a their... disgrace, ladies and gentlemen, and that's one of the big problems. So here's the next headline that highlights this point even further. The White House and the Department of Justice worked together to, quote, conceal the discovery of Joe Biden's classified documents from we the people for months. And that's according to the Washington Post now. Well, the Doctor. Post is not exactly what you'd call a friend of liberty, okay? No. But they're but at so least here's, admitting the truth for once. But but here's the yeah, that's we don't know how much they're overlooking when they're doing it too. But the fact of the matter is, the White House and the Justice Department. Let me see. Oh by golly, they're both in the executive branch. Where the blazes was the legislative branch during this thing? You know, the legislative branch apparently, from some of the things that are floating around out there, and who knows if we got the whole truth, but apparently. Nancy Pelosi was well aware of this, and and everybody's kind of mums the word. W where were the Republicans when this DeSantos guy was uh, was outlined through his teeth to get elected? Oh no, he's going to be for Kevin McCarthy. We better let him in, and he'll get put on some really important committees. And yeah, well, it's it's just absolutely absurd. And and by the way, McCarthy does did uh, appoint him. And and what did Nancy Pelosi do, on the other hand? When she got ticked off at uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she stripped her of all her committee assignments. You know, they play bare-knuckles stuff like this in the, on the Democrat side, and the Republicans are Mr. Nice Guy that's a few, uh, afraid to govern. So we have these party things going on that, that really are destructive of the baseline principles, and when they're more loyal to the party than they are to the uh, to their oath of office, I think they're they're suspect in every case. In every case, and um, the right remedy, ladies and gentlemen, is for the American people to use the media. I'm talking about the new media taking the center stage, the real media that'll tell you the truth, to make sure that we make them pay at the ballot box. Okay, you say, well, there's election fraud. I know, but we got to have so much overwhelming majority. They can't commit election fraud with absolutely way overwhelming. Uh, evidence for something they can only make it close and then commit fraud to a great degree we need to absolutely drum these bad apples these bad eggs whatever you want to call them out of office these criminals and say no uh-uh uh, mccarthy you know what not only are you not speaker of the house buddy but you've allowed santos to commit election fraud and join your ranks welcoming him as if he's a righteous good moral uh, you know believer in the Republican platform or something. You're off your rocker crazy if you let this guy even stand in your ranks, much less give him special privileged positions. You're as bad as the Democrats. Look, he committed election fraud and got there. Now you reward him with committees? And then you're going to now, you know, look at any of these other guys and say, well, you know, Joe's bad. We're going to look into Joe. Oh, you are, are you? Well, what, what goods are going to do? What if you find out scandals about Joe that equal Santos? Are you going to do anything? Of course not. You can't. You've set the bar now so low, how can you get Joe in any trouble? How can you get Hunter in it? Who's worse, Hunter or, or Santos? I don't know. I don't, you can say, well, wait, deal, Hunter had a lot more influence, putting America way more in jeopardy. Maybe. Uh, but the principles are the same. If you can tolerate a liar and a criminal and a deceiver and somebody on the financial take, if 
Santos had Hunter's position, Santos would be just as bad as Hunter. You see, we need to realize this stuff, Dr. Bradley. We need to call a spade a spade and let people understand. You don't go, well, those are tiny crimes, dressing up as a drag queen and lying about it. No big deal. Those aren't big crimes, getting money from these powerful inside donors, having the Republican Party know who this clown is, but yet backing him and then pretending they didn't know. Those are small crimes. They're not big crimes like hunters, don't you know? But, doctor, it's all the same. Because what will this guy do as he gets more and more and more and more power? As he's rewarded for his current dishonest criminal acts, he'll be rewarded for the future ones, right? Well, if there's not consequences for what he's doing, it makes it pretty apparent to everybody that you can get away with murder in this particular thing. But let's go back to something you just said at the beginning of your last statement. Uh, you talk about this new media thing, and and the First Amendment. Of course, we got this religion thing, and then we got freedom of speech in the press. Let's talk about that for just a second. Those things were not written in there to assure lewd dancing or or profane words or or any of these kind of things that have been protected with inane court decisions for so long now that it's probably outside the the uh, even the lifetime of of many of your listeners but but these things here freedom of speech and the press were to preserve our liberty it was to make certain that that everyone could be warned forewarned could be you know trumpeted from the rooftops if you will kind of like what's going to happen when the savior returns you know all of the sins of everybody but but the fact of the matter is that those were placed there to preserve our liberty they were not placed there to preserve perverse things. Uh, that, that was the farthest thing from the American founders' minds. They were saying, no, if, if something happens and we have a free press, we can, we can warn the people. It's kind of like Paul Revere going through the, the communities. You know, they, these uh, com- committees of correspondence thing, they were a precursor to this, if you will, where the committees of correspondence were an educational thing. And it, it wasn't nearly as widespread as it can be nowadays if people will take advantage of it. You know, they had to send a guy out and they, you know, called a meeting at 7 p.m. at the tavern to uh, talk after the workday about what was going on in the cause of liberty. Nowadays, people can tune in any time they want to to hear these things. That that's what freedom of speech and freedom of the press is about. And, and we have completely turned that upside down. You know, the election laws and all those kind of things, they, they're constraining on free speech. They're, they're uh, something where they're protecting the incumbent. The parties in the incumbent are protected by the election laws nowadays because you can't have a free press in that area. They've constrained the original intent of press and speech. And, uh, and maybe, just maybe, everything's so blatant that even the Washington Post has to occasionally come forth with a little bit of truth. But the fact of the matter is it's probably bigger, wider, and deeper than, than what uh, is being um, promoted at this time. In, in the, in all that. It, somebody needs to have a little backbone and dig in on this thing and say, whoa, 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 this is, what, wait, where did this come from? And they need to yeah, start so pulling ready for the this? strings together. I, I guess know. there's a bombshell now. The president directly named in Hunter's shady business emails now. We have literal evidence that, hey, he was directly named here. 
This is a different ball game too, rising it to beyond probable cause. Biden left the White House in 17. Okay. Um, he went on the campaign of cash grabs, folks. Biden and his wife, Jill, took in more than $15 million since leaving the Obama-Biden White House. Yeah. So where's the money? Where did the money come from? And financial disclosures are now showing that since Biden left office, he brought in book deals and speeches and everything that brought in $4 million. $540,000 or a half a million as a professor in which he didn't do anything. Jill Biden made seven hundred grand on her own speaking engagements. But now we find out that he got a ton of money from his shady son Hunter's business dealings. It's a national security threat, but are we going to do anything, doctor? I don't think so. No, I, I just don't see it either. But, you know, I remember just like it was yesterday, you know, <laughs> the day that uh, Nixon capitulated and said he was resigning. And, and I look at the order of magnitude, if you will, of the Nixon. I'm not trying to justify what Nixon and his cronies did. Uh, which may be a little bit of a setup, by the way, with, with some of the in, the deep state, even in Nixon's day, that was setting him up for a fall to get our first unelected president and certainly our first unelected vice president. Um, the, the shenanigans that happened in that and to get full pardons for Nixon and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, it was a, it was a political thing that happened in an election. What's happening with Joe and Hunter Biden is real-time national security stuff. I mean, Nixon was fixated about about winning the election, and uh, Joe and and uh, and Hunter are fixated on I don't know exactly what, but certainly their own benefit, their own being able to have you know deep pockets or something. I don't know, but this has actually literally put the national security at risk. And uh, it's plain flat out being ignored largely. And Joe's saying, no, no, we got we got a special investigator that's looking at it in the bowels of the Justice Department down there flipping through the paper, you know, drinking a cup of coffee while his feet are on the desk or whatever, whatever imagery you want to have on this thing. But but this is stuff that, you know, Pearl Harbor's made out of. I mean, this is stuff that brings down nations potentially gives a leg up to our probably our largest, most credible threat to our nation with China, for example. These things when you're in a, uh, Ukraine right now, right this minute, we are being sucked further and further into a full confrontation with, with Russia. And uh, the Biden family has had a presence there for I don't know how long. I mean, we really don't have enough detail, but it's been long enough that it goes back certainly into the vice presidency of Joe Biden. And uh, no, there's just a, oh, let's see, what's on the ball game this weekend kind of mentality that's going on in this country. Yeah, but what uh, are the Republicans I, working on right now? This is kind of another interesting thing. What are they working on like this week or last week or whatever? I don't know. I don't See, know if they and, know. And I don't, I don't mean that to be rude to you. I mean that to make a point. 
I have no idea yeah. either, Doctor. Yeah, this isn't I like don't. you should know and you don't. This is, look, these 435 House members work for you and me. I can't get a hold of mine very easily. Can you get a hold of yours? Try it and no, see what no. happens there. The, yeah, there's 700,000 uh, people that they're, they're represented. And, and, and you're and not you even on their radar. You can't get a hold of them. You can't deal with them. You can't contact them. You can't, and you don't know what they're even working on. What are they doing this week? What is McCarthy? Once in a while, you get a blip on TV. The House just voted to reduce taxes. Of course, in the Senate, it won't go anywhere because, you know, or whatever. You hear a little blip where Rand Paul or somebody else is like, hey, this is out of bounds. You can't do that. Or you hear, you know, whatever. But day to day, do we even have any idea what they're doing, what they're working on? We have no idea. Think about uh, and, that. Uh, yeah, it's it's really a serious challenge. And uh, they're just back there. They bring in these paychecks that make most everybody else envious about them and they have power along with it you know power and emoluments and so why wouldn't they want that job you know they got status and fame and all this kind of stuff but it's it's just a throwaway and and none of the stuff is is really taking care of of what they really ought to be constitutionally focused on so they're just dinking around with stuff that they want to end on a good news to do I'd like to know some good news. All right, I'll end on a good news for you. It turns out that Holly Warped, you know the TV people? I don't know who they turns are. turns out who? that the TV, oh. you know, the Hollyweird, the TV people. Oh, okay, you know? okay. So TV shoots plummet in Los Angeles, they say, signaling fewer shows. So you're going to have fewer shows on your boob tube, buddy, because they can't shoot. Uh, they don't have the money. They don't have the economy. They don't have the permission. They don't, uh, they don't have the ideas. They're just plumb out. And now you're going to have less TV shows as a result of their shoots plummeting, if you will. Well, that good okay. News? Well, it is, but I, I mean, I got to <laughs> take the wind out of your sails, Stan. You know, <laughs> that area down there is the world capital for pornography filming. I know. I mean, it's like, okay, well, maybe they're all the f- cameras are busy and they're in the wrong side of the business, you know. No, I hope I you're know. wrong about that. I just know I if there's less too. TV shows coming my way to distract, that might be a good thing. But you're right. If they turn their cameras to more sinister stuff, then it, oh, it isn't as, as we hoped. But I'm just telling you, I was hoping that was some good news. You see, folks, even when we look for good news, it's hard to find because there's always two sides. There's always a deeper hidden, secret, manipulative, hostile, I don't know what you want to call it, satanic agenda behind it. But make no mistake, if we stand with God, we win in the end. That is the solace, ladies and gentlemen. God, family, and country. Dr. Scott Bradley Learn more about his collegiate series to preserve the nation and his weekly webinars at freedomsrisingsun.com. I'm Sam Bushman, libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net. Spread the word, share the love. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the republic. Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for January the 23rd in the year of our Lord, 2023. 
This is our two at two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. There's so much to talk about, so little time. Look, let me just tell you a little story. Lowell's not here today, and he's not because it's all my fault. I told him I wouldn't be live today, and so he took the day off. And uh, Anyway, it's a long personal story, and I don't know how much I had to get into my personal stuff. Uh, let me, I'll tell you what. Let's just move to a topic at hand, and uh, we'll think about the personal stuff and decide to talk about it here um, maybe soon. There's a guy by the name of John Rich, and he's a country star. He's with the big country duo Big and Rich. And I'm telling you right now, the guy is just a hero, if you ask my opinion. Big and Rich is a stand-up guy, to say the least. Here's what happened. He says this, I never bent the knee. Yeah, John. Country star legend John Rich wins lawsuit against Venue that tried to force vaccine passport at his concerts. He said, "Uh uh-uh, we're not doing that at my concert." I don't believe in the vaccines. I'm not taking them, and I'm not mandating anybody else take them. They went to court, and good old John won. Ha, ha. John Rich is a freedom-fighting guy. I really like this guy, and I hope to reach out and to work with him in the future here because he's, this guy's a hero. I've been watching him for quite a while. Here's a, a little bit of a soundbite from uh, John Rich, Big and Rich. <laughs> There's a hole in this country where its heart used to be. And no glory is divided on fire in the street. They say building back better make America great. If that's a wave of the future, all I've got to say, stick your progress where the sun don't shine. Keep your big mess away from me. Just fine. Stick your progress where the sun don't shine. They invite the whole world to come live in our land and leave our countrymen dying in Afghanistan. They say, let go of Jesus, let government say, you can have back your freedoms if you do what we say. Stick your progress where the sun don't shine, keep your big mess away from me and mine. If you leave us alone, well, we'd all be just fine. Stick your progress 
where the sun don't shine Keep you a big mess away from me and mine If you leave us alone, well, we'd all be just fine Stick your progress where the sun don't shine Where the sun don't There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. John Rich doing a phenomenal job. He says, hey, I never bent the knee. This guy's a hero, man. He literally went to court and said, look, you're not going to force my people that come to my concerts to take the vaccine. You're not doing that. And the judge agreed with him, and he won. And now he writes that incredible song, Progress. Uh, This guy's a hero, folks. Now, I want to skip the break. And I just uploaded another uh, soundbite. Hopefully you guys uh, get that uh, at the studio there really quick. It's called John Rich, How Wokeness Killed Country Music. And it's kind of long, but I want to play this on the radio because I really, I've been waiting for a time to play this because John Rich is a hero. He literally speaks out like nobody's business. I mean, this guy's great. All right, so we're going to skip the break and we're going to play this. John Rich, How Wokeness Killed Country Music. Listen to this. Oh, all right, the file's still uploading, I guess. This is when I play audibles, because I expected Lowell to be here, and then it was my fault that he's not here. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just uh, crazy. Go ahead and refresh your folder, uh, and you should hopefully see this. John Rich. Um, what? I didn't put it in the folder. What the heck's going on? I thought I copied that in there. All right, hold on, guys. My fault. I'm just screwing up live on the radio. This, by the way, is uh, what live radio is all about, though, you know? <laughs> you can um, you can see how this is. All right, John, okay, there it is. Let's see if I can put this in here now. No wonder she doesn't have it. In order for her to have it, I have to put it there, people. All right. All right, now that's there. In a minute, she'll have it. Uh, all I can tell you, though, is this is this is really cool. This guy's a hero, folks, and he stands up. And I'm going to tell you one of the coolest things while we get this soundbite ready to go. John Rich um, is on True Social with Donald Trump and other people. And he's following some pretty cool people. This guy is caught up on what's going on. And he uh, isn't silent. He's standing up. It's almost more like a Ted Nugent or a Kid Rock or some of these very few people who have the guts. But listen to this. Here's John Rich. There's no Johnny Cash's or Waylon Jennings or, or those kind of people or Loretta Lynn's. Well, there's a good reason for that, because none of those people would have been allowed to exist today. My name is John Rich, and this is my story. So I grew up in a town called Amarillo, Texas. So if you look at the state of Texas, go to the very top where it squares off like this. That's called the Panhandle of Texas. Were it not for Interstate 40, rolling through Amarillo, there would probably be no town there. It would just be more cows and more more wheat fields. A lot of tough people out there, uh, cowboys, oil workers, a lot of agriculture. I'm the oldest of four kids. So I have two younger sisters and then a, and then a baby brother. My dad was doing everything from, he was a night watchman at Amarillo National Bank. 
He was slopping hogs for the neighbor's hog farm next door, giving guitar lessons, selling used cars, mowing people's grass, detailing people's cars, literally anything he could think of to make sure we didn't go without and we didn't go without. My dad is a uh, preacher. My dad started preaching when he was about 19 years old and he never preached in the big churches, so there was never any salary really attached to anything he was doing. My dad's more of a prison preacher. I never remember my dad without a guitar hanging around his neck. So he preached in little churches, or he'd preach in prisons, or he would preach in the streets, wherever he was at. And one of his one of his big assets was he could, he could pull a guitar out and start singing, because they might not want to hear him preach, but they wouldn't mind listening to him sing for a minute. And he knew that. So man, he would sing and wear it out. One of his extra jobs was to give guitar lessons there in Amarillo, Texas. When I was about five or six, my dad goes, you wanna go with me to guitar lessons? I'm like, sure, dad. I mean, what kid doesn't wanna tag along? I said, sure, dad. So I go down there and he's got this semicircle of probably 20 adults sitting there with their guitars. I sit down next to my dad, kind of behind him. He hands me this little tiny guitar. He goes, just try to follow along. And then he starts teaching. Well, I sat behind him and I'm just doing what he's teaching them to do. And within about two or three months, I was out playing all of his students. My dad goes, you're picking that up pretty quick. He goes, Let, let's work on it a little bit more. And next thing you know, I'm playing pretty much everything my dad can play. Never dawned on me, people make money playing music. Amarillo, Texas, come on, you better be able to herd cows, run a combine, something uh, to have your career, not, not music. So being around that early on, it was, uh, it was a real binder between me and my dad, something we could do together, play music together, watch him do it in church, watch my dad write a song, spend a whole week, and hear him in his back bedroom working on this song and writing lyrics down. And then he would sing it to people on Sunday morning. And I, I said, I saw him write that. And then watch people respond to the song. I was like, that's like magic. How did he do that? He just took blank paper and now people are singing the words back. It was very inspiring. I look at where I'm at today as a songwriter and I think back of how I was struck by that, that my dad was able to write something, perform it, create something out of nothing and, and see impact happen. My dad, my whole family, his parents, all, of, all the grandparents and uncles, it was instilled in us at a really early age that, hey, you live in America. And some of the old men said, yeah, and we were in World War II. He was in, you know, he was here and he was there. And you learn those stories. They go, it doesn't matter where you start off, son. You can wind up no telling where. You just got to think big and work hard. You got to outwork everybody. And, you know, that hustle will beat talent. You know, there's a misconception in the world that the most talented people are the ones that always win. That is not true. If the most talented singers were the ones on country radio, if that's the only ones that ever made it, you'd have a completely different group of people singing on the radio. People on the radio that you, that have become big stars and that you hear are the ones that have talent, of course, but they are the ones that, that were willing to stick with it, figure it out, figure out the business side of the music so they could have these long careers. It wasn't just because they could hit a high note. And that, that goes across the spectrum of all business, all entrepreneurial efforts, period. And so I was taught that early on. Hey buddy, if you wanna go get something, go get it. When I was in high school, I started singing a lot. I would enter you know, singing competitions and this and that. I got noticed by a couple of universities and uh, and actually had a couple of full rides to some really good schools. While this is going on, I auditioned for this big theme park that used to be in Nashville called Opryland, Opryland USA. They had all these live music shows in the park. I went down to audition thinking I'd never get it because I'm not a dancer. And I said, you gotta be able to dance by that. Well, there are a bunch of good looking girls down there, so it's probably worth the trip. So I go down, audition, what do you know? I get the job. 
this is my senior year in high school, that summer after I graduated, I go to work at Opryland and I meet these guys from Texas who are all 10 and 15 years older than me and they're all working at Opryland too. He said, you're from Texas, right? I go, yeah. Said, We're putting a little band together and uh, would you wanna be in the band? You play a little bass? I said, I play barely, but yeah, I play a little bit of bass. They said, well, uh, let's meet this weekend. We'll have a rehearsal and if it goes well, maybe we'll play a couple of shows. I said, sounds good. We did a little showcase and next thing you know, we've got 200 dates on the books. And I said, how much money am I gonna make if I do all these dates? He goes, man, you'll probably make like $400 a week. I went, what? Couldn't believe it, I got so much money. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna push college off for a year, go travel with these guys. My mother said, uh, well, you'll never amount to a hill of beans if you don't go to college. And I said, well, a hill of beans is not what I intend on amounting to. What a smart aleck answer, right? But that was my attitude. Like, I'm going for it. I'm going for it. Uh, these guys made me an offer. I love playing music more than anything. How do I get on the Grand Ole Opry? This is probably a better route. And sure enough, that band went on uh, to become the band Lone Star, which we sold six million records while I was in that band. That's where I wrote my first number one songs and, and really cut my teeth on country music. Being in Lone Star at 18, 19, 20, it was up to about 24 years old is when I was in that band. This is when you learn that country music is not a hobby. If you want to have a career in that, buddy, you better get ready. Three guys in a hotel room and a, not a nice hotel room, crammed into a Jeep Cherokee, pulling a U-Haul trailer from Orlando to Reno, Nevada. I mean, stuff like that. Playing anywhere they'd give you a mic, you're going to go play. So you learn what it means to really go out and grind for something, and there's no guarantee you're ever going to get it. You know, how does all this work? The business of music on a small level, but still the business of music. That's where I learned all that stuff. And then being a songwriter, the only reason I would write a song prior to Lone Star would be to try to impress some girl. But you get into Lone Star, you got a record deal now, and they're like, guys, you're gonna cut a record. Uh, you should probably write some songs. And that's where I started getting a lot better at writing songs. And my first number one was called Come Crying To Me, which uh, came out, we sold two or three million records on that one. And man, that's when I said, you know what? I like the songwriting thing. That's the most powerful things in the world to me is blank paper and a pencil. Nobody can tell you what you can put on it. The Declaration of Independence started out as blank paper and somebody had to put a pen to it. The pages of the Bible, we can go on and on and on. Pretty much all the great things that ever impacted the world in general started out with somebody with a thought or a feeling, a writing instrument and something to write on. So songwriting to me is kind of like that. It's a blast, but it's also very powerful. And it has pulled me out of a lot of ditches throughout my career. Part of the equation of succeeding at something is you're gonna fail a lot, getting up to the point where you're an expert at it or you're a pro at it. And so the question is, how do you deal with failure? Cause you're gonna get it. If you're not failing, then you're not trying. We all know that old phrase, it's very true. For me, when uh, Lone Star fires me, they go off and put the biggest song out in the decade. I lose my solo deal, I'm damaged goods. I thought, what is the only thing I can still control? And I tell people this all the time, when everything seems out of your control and things are just blowing up left and right, you gotta think, what's the, what's the one thing I still control? It could be something as simple as what I'm gonna eat, what, how I'm gonna exercise, you know, something simple and control it very well. And you will start to build back out from that slowly but surely back into the realms of things that you'd actually like to be doing. For me, it was songwriting. So you can take away my record deal you can take away my concerts, you can take away the awards and all that, but I still got a pencil and I still got a notebook. 
and I still got this old Gibson guitar sitting here and nobody can tell me what I can write on this page. I've been asked to write songs for all different kinds of reasons. I've sat down with my buddy Big Kenny, have a couple of cocktails. What's the craziest thing we could come up with, Kenny? Save a horse, ride a cowboy. Oh, that sounds good. Okay, here you go, let's write that one. I've had artists come to me. There was one guy in particular came up and he said, hey man, um, I heard a couple of your songs and I wish I had some songs like that. And I'm, I'm just trying to get a record deal. So could I use a few of your songs in my showcase? I said, yeah, I guess. And I'm like, who are you again? He goes, my name's Jason Aldean. I went, never heard of you. What songs do you want? And he starts listing off some of these titles. I said, Wow, dude, those are my favorite songs. She goes, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I probably won't even get a deal. I just want to, you know, just want to see if I could use them. I said, yeah, you can use them, man, no problem. And Aldine, of course, gets his record deal, and I wound up having five number one songs on Jason Aldine. And all those songs were written back when everything was exploding all around me, and I focused on the one thing that I could still control, which was that pencil on that paper. So people got to remember that. The game is not over unless you give up. Faith Hill came to me one time, and she said, I wish you'd write a song for me that it would only make sense if I sang it. I went, that's an interesting parameter. Okay, only makes sense if you sing it. I said, oh, I'll work on it. And so I'm out on the road with Tim McGraw with, with Big and Rich and I'm noticing that Faith backstage, flip flops, ball cap, cut off shorts, hanging out with her kids, parking lot like anybody else. But then when the show starts, she comes walking off the bus in an evening gown. And she steps out with Tim singing, it's your love to 30,000 people. She gets through, she walks back off five minutes later, ball cap, tank top, back to normal. I went, that's what the fans don't know about faith. That's what they need to know about faith. They don't get to come backstage and see that. So I wrote this song uh, called Mississippi Girl where the first line in the song completed the task of she's the only one that could sing it and make sense because it says, it's a long way from star Mississippi. Well, that's her hometown. Nobody else in country music from that little town so when I played it for her out in the parking lot a few days later, big old tear rolled out of her eyes. She goes, I'm recording that. I'm going to put that out. She goes, thank you for writing that. It went number one for two weeks. The wave of wokeism that, that's hit this country and especially the entertainment business, that made its way to Nashville. So these artists are sitting there and they're being told by their publicists, their managers, the heads of their record labels, hey, we know that you think these things about America, that, that you're against kind of all this woke stuff that we do. They don't call themselves woke, of course. But we know you're not really for that. But hey, don't even think about putting out a post that pushes against that. Don't you say X, Y, Z on your microphone, on your stage. No, you cannot record that song because it says this. And they just completely control these artists. And the artist only has two choices at that point. Do they want to go have a career? It's been their dream. Do they play the game? go forward and just don't step on these landmines, or do they go out and hit the trip wires and, and light the place up and lose their record deal and not get invited to the awards show and radio won't play them and so forth, but basically erase their career. That's what they're faced with. Is there freedom in art in Nashville, like total freedom? Absolutely not, absolutely not. It's sad to make authentic art, whatever that is, whether it's music, films, whatever, the artist, needs to have free reign over whatever it is they've got in their mind. The whole point of art is I can see it in my mind, I can hear it in my mind, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it a physical reality. And that's the art. So when you start building walls and, and parameters and barriers and protocols around artists, 
then the art's dying at that point. Look at our poor comedians having to pick and choose what jokes they want to say. I mean, I've got some comedian friends that are hardcore socialists who I'm friends with that have come to me and said, man, I can't vote for this anymore. I go, why not? They go, I'm having to pick and choose what jokes I'm going to say. That's not comedy. We're like the last line of, of defense for the truth. We get to say it right out in the open and there's nothing you can do to us about it. And they're canceling comedians because they don't like their jokes. I go, well, what do you think he's going to get? I, I was like, brother, you only get to vote for socialism or communism one time. You only get to vote for it once. Once it gets in, that's it. If you're wondering why it seems like people are, are pulling back and not giving you the full meal deal, they're not. there's no Johnny Cash's or Waylon Jennings or, or those kind of people or Loretta Lynn's. Well, there's a good reason for that because none of those people would have been allowed to exist today. I think there's a juncture that happens, uh, just speaking for myself, being a dad and weighing out your career choices if I say these things, it's going to cost me. Okay, guess what? If it's this bad right now, what's it going to be like when my two boys are in their 20s and 30s and they're walking out into the world? What are they going to be looking at? The only example they're going to have of how to handle that correctly is the old man. America has had such an impact in the world because it gave its people not the right to be happy, the right to pursue happiness, the right to exhaust your potential. The thing I love the most about this country is I wake up every day and I go, as long as I'm still breathing, the game ain't over. Hey folks, I hope you really enjoyed watching this wow. video. There you have it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, John Rich is a hero. Now I realize that they say he got fired from Lone Star because he was too cocky. May or may not be true. Uh, you know what? But the guy the guy has a little bit of right to be cocky. He was one of the key people to launch Jason Aldean's career, man. Jason Aldean's one of the top rock country. You know, I, I say rock country because it's, it's not traditional 90s country. It's rock country with Jason Aldean. Uh, but look, this guy's written some incredible songs. He was in Lone Star. He literally has done all these incredible things in his career. And he's got a stand-up kind of disposition. He's just like, you know what, if I don't stand up, what do my children have to look to? Nothing. If I stand up, the only thing they can look to is the old man, meaning him, or me, Sam Bushman, or you, my fellow Americans. We have got to stand up. It starts somewhere, and you say you're going to lose a lot. Well, you may lose a lot. You may lose a, 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 an incredible career. I believe I've lost an incredible career in talk radio. And you say, well, Sam, you're on the radio every day. I know, but I'm a self-made man, and my audience is comparatively speaking compared to what they might have been are small but i'm not gonna refuse to say or refrain from saying what they want me to not say i'm not willing to take their direction and have them demand what i don't say or what i do say i'm not willing to have them have me uh take views on political issues or i would i would say there's no such thing as political issues moral issues i'm not willing to back down on those moral issues and i'm not willing to change what i say Right? Look, Santos is a criminal. Everybody else is like, just dismiss it, Sam. He's voting with the conservatives. He's, you know, I mean, it, it, sure, he embellished and stuff, but come on, everybody does it. Joe did it. Everybody does it. Folks, I'm not going along with that. That is no excuse. It's got to stop. And it's only going to stop if good, honest Americans stand up and demand it stop. Well, you say, well, Sam, you're just all by yourself speaking to the choir. Then you have your good time. And my response is, I will. You want to know why? Because I will be able to stand before my maker 
God Almighty and say, you know what? I stood for God, family, and country to the best of my ability. And I highlighted and promoted others who had the integrity and the intestinal fortitude, the guts, to do the same, baby. That's why I wanted to tell you about John Rich. If you didn't know about him, now you do. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Jerry Barmash. The man who fatally shot 10 people in a Southern California dance studio had once been a regular presence at the studio, even meeting his ex-wife there, according to CNN. Authorities identified the 72-year-old Asian man who they say opened fire near a Luna New Year celebration in a Los Angeles suburb. Los Angeles County Sheriff Robert Luna. Our sheriff's uh, SWAT team approached and cleared the band and determined the suspect sustained a self-inflicted gunshot wound and was pronounced dead at the scene. The man was found dead in a white van after a standoff with police in Torrance. One House Republican is calling President Biden a, quote, serial classified document hoarder. Appearing on CBS's Face the Nation, Ohio Representative Mike Turner questioned if Biden showed the documents discovered in his private Delaware residence to anyone. Turner said that's the only reason he could think of as to why they weren't taken out of the classified space. Senator Joe Manchin, a Democrat from West Virginia, weighed in on NBC's Meet the Press. They put those in un- unsecured spaces is irresponsible. Senator Chris Coons says the discovery of classified documents in President Biden's possession will not be a deciding issue for voters in the next election. What's going to matter going forward um, is how this is handled. And President Biden has fully and promptly cooperated. Appearing on ABC's This Week, the Delaware Democrat says the issue is not one keeping Americans up at night, like the day-to-day concerns like inflation and the cost of prescription drugs. I'm Dave Collins. Sports, the NFL's Final Four is set. The San Francisco 49ers have a return engagement to the NFC Championship. Getting past the Cowboys Sunday night, 1912. They'll visit the top-seeded Eagles on Sunday. The Chiefs and Bengals will meet for the right to represent the AFC in Super Bowl 57. This is USA News. Nothing fights the winter blues like a delicious and satisfying meal. Luckily, Omaha Steaks makes it easy to start the year right and keep that warm and cozy feeling going all winter long. Right now is the perfect time to stock up and fill your freezer with flavor. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code TREAT at checkout and get $30 off your order. Save on perfectly portioned favorites, easy meals, and so much more with Omaha Steaks Freezer Filler Sale. That's $30 off an endless variety of gourmet choices from incredible steaks, premium chicken, delicious pork to seafood. There's something for everyone, and every bite is backed by their 100% money back guarantee. Visit omahasteaks.com today. Enter TREAT at checkout to get $30 off your order. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com. Use promo code TREAT at checkout to get that extra $30 off your order. Minimum order may be required. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, continues. 
I, when I find people like that, that's why we covered this Loretta Lynn when, when I was with Chris Carlson. We talked about Loretta Lynn. And um, now John Rich is saying that's why there's no more Loretta Lynn's because you know what? This big corporate business world shuts everybody down. Well, Kanye West is saying the same thing, or Yee has been, you know, highlighting saying the same thing. He says, look, these uh, big companies that, that produce media and stuff like that, they're all satanic. They're all evil. Uh, Big Rich doesn't call them evil, but he does say they're absolutely woke and controlling. And, you know, you can't have the most talented people that speak out and are bold. John Rich is one of the few. Ted Nugent is one of the few. Kid Rock is one of the few. Willie Nelson, uh, one of the few. Uh, You know, these people have spoke out and had an incredible career. Kind of different from everybody else. Their careers could be way bigger. If they would bend the knee, John Rich, you know, if he didn't have this supposed cocky attitude or go out on his own, he would have been a lone star. Huge. You know, he's the guy a lot of the reason that Jason Aldean is so big. Now, I'm not saying Jason doesn't have talent in and of itself. He has incredible talent. Jason Aldean uh, has an, an interesting history, a lot like John Rich. And Jason Aldean and his wife have been speaking out pretty nobly, boldly and independently as well. And I commend them for their stance, uh, too. All right. Anyway, there you have it. There's a mainstream report that I want to play for you guys. It's, again, a little bit long, and I normally don't play mainstream reports. But it's here why Biden's border visit is receiving, quote, bipartisan criticism. Uh, and this is really from the mainstream, but it's, it's, it's starting to highlight a lot of the problems we're experiencing in America aren't Republican or Democrat issues anymore. People are getting it. People are going, look, I don't. It's like John Rich said, people that are absolute dyed-in-the-wool liberal socialists, they're going, I-, I can't sign up for this program anymore. Well, more and more and more are seeing this, and that's why we've got to protect our border. Even the liberals are critical of Joe Biden now. Here it is. President Biden is waking up in Mexico uh, facing some criticism, including from members of his own party after his first visit to the border since taking office. It was a pretty tightly controlled visit to El Paso, Texas. It did include meetings with Border Patrol officers, uh, lawmakers and local officials. But President Biden did not appear to meet or actually see any migrants there including as he visited a migrant aid center. So everyone asked the White House why that was. The White House says, well, there were no migrants there at the time. It was a coincidence, they say. Our reporting does show, though, that there are still and were when the president visited uh, hundreds of migrants on the streets of El Paso, including children. Uh, Rosa Flores joins us live this morning from El Paso. And that's your reporting, Rosa, um, that those migrants were there. The president didn't interact with any of them? No, he did not. And that's why the president is being criticized by both sides because of what he didn't see. So let me show you, because this is one of the migrant camps that's here in downtown El Paso. And, you know, the immigration advocates here in El Paso and Governor Greg Abbott usually don't agree on much, but they do raise the same question. If President Biden came here to El Paso to see the reality on the ground about the border and he didn't come here, what's considered the epicenter of this crisis, did he leave? with a clear understanding. What do you want to be? Oh, she wants to be a teacher. The Tovar sisters have been living in this makeshift migrant camp outside an El Paso church for a week. Oh, she wants to be Rapunzel. Playing with toys is a luxury they haven't enjoyed since they left Venezuela four months ago, according to their dad. 
no hay educación para las niñas, nada. He says that he decided to come to the United States because of the economic situation in Venezuela, because there's no education really for his daughters. The Tobars are among the hundreds of migrants who call the streets of El Paso home, arguably the epicenter of the current border crisis. A scene President Joe Biden skipped during his first visit to the border. A short three-hour stop in El Paso that prompted criticism by the governor of Texas. This is nothing but for show. And protest by local immigration and human rights advocates. You are not alone. Like Fernando Garcia. You think this is a photo op for the president? I think this is it. I mean, three hours. What, what is what you can do with them? But that feeling of disappointment has been transformed into outrage. Outrage over policies like the Trump-era pandemic public health rule known as Title 42, says Garcia. That rule allows border agents to swiftly expel some migrants to Mexico. Biden said this about the policy. I don't like Title 42. Just days ago... He expanded the rule to Venezuelans, Cubans, Nicaraguans, and Haitians. I think the only ones happy with the expansion of Title 42 are the Trumpist conservative Republicans, the people that supported Biden. I mean, we were expecting something different from him. Something more humane, like the campaign promises he made, says Garcia. During his visit, Biden stopped by a port of entry, a migrant respite center, and by the border wall, but didn't appear to see or meet any migrants, which Garcia says means the president was not exposed to the full magnitude of the immigration crisis. Three hours. Is that enough? No. Uh, obviously, it's not enough. The timing of the president's visit is also raising eyebrows because the situation here has significantly improved. Take a look. This is what it looked like in mid-December when hundreds of migrants were lining up in freezing temperatures waiting to turn themselves into immigration authorities. At the time, Border Patrol said that they were encountering about 2,500 migrants per day. Now, take a look. The lines are gone, and the symbol of deterrence here is the Texas National Guard and the fencing they put up. According to DHS, the number of migrant encounters has also decreased to about 700 per day. Seven. Seven. The Tobar sister's favorite toy, a tablet, to learn numbers and the English alphabet. G. G. Their dream, learning to speak English. What would you tell the president? He says that his message to the president is that not all migrants are bad, that most of the migrants are like him. He's a father, he's here with his children, and they're just here for a better life. Now, the Tobar sisters are sleeping inside this shelter here at the church. Uh, they're allowed to. Some of the families are. Now, back to President Biden. My colleague, MJ Lee, asked the White House about the president not interacting or meeting with any migrants. And a senior administration official told her that it was because there were no migrants at the respite center at the time that the president visited and that it was coincidental. But, Poppy, I checked the migrant dashboard that the city of El Paso has. Uh -huh. And at the time when the president was here, there were nearly one. 1,000 migrants who were in federal detention. So if the president really wanted to see conditions, uh -huh. I kind of doubt that the president of the yep. United States would have been denied access. Poppy? Right, right. And just it's remarkable what we're seeing behind you, Rosa. Those are migrants sleeping on the street of El Paso, right? You're absolutely right. And we've seen this for weeks. And if the president would have 
stopped by here, he would have seen right. that there are hundreds of people, and you see them here behind me, hundreds of people living in the streets of America, I should highlight. This is a city in America, in the United States. Yep. And the top executive of this country came here. He did not came to see this. Rosa Flores, we're glad you're there and continue to be there to show it to us. Thank you for the reporting. Uh, Phil Mattingly, I, I pose the same question in the sense that in a couple of weeks, the President of the United States will deliver a State of the Union address. It's not scheduled yet, but he will be standing in the House chamber with a Republican speaker behind him. The Republicans say this was a photo op. The Republicans and their support in their media network have said, why hasn't he been to the border before? Where's Vice President Harris? Why hasn't she been to the border? Does the White House see an opportunity to say, okay, we'll give you some border security money, not the wall, technology, but in exchange, give the dreamers citizenship. Create a guest worker program that a lot of Kevin McCarthy's constituents back home in Bakersfield would like for farm workers and the like. Do they see an effort to pressure the Republicans here, or do they just want hands off? You know, what's interesting about the El Paso visit, and it's within this context, is yes, they do. When you talk to advisors, they see this as a divided government is often the time when you can make deals on the most complicated right. and politically toxic issues. Certainly House Republicans will have a say in that. But they feel like there is an opportunity to at least raise an issue that for the two years they controlled all of government never really got off the shelf in any way, shape or form, in part because this isn't just a Democrats versus Republican issues. There are very significant issues inside the Democratic caucus when it comes to immigration. However, um, and, and so I think you will see the president not only in the State of the Union, but also whenever he gives remarks down in Mexico as well, we'll talk about bipartisan immigration reform. We'll talk about trying to find some semblance of a framework that they can start putting together. And if they don't, try and put this very much in the lap of Republicans as being the obstructionists who got in the way of addressing this issue that has been a very vulnerable issue for the administration politically over the last two years. I do think, however, that when you talk to officials who look at this issue and try and figure out where things are going from here on out, it is a very complex issue. That's not changing. And I think the pathway right now is still very unclear. Yeah, it's a complicated issue and it's not changing in part because you can go back to, I covered the Clinton White House and then the George W. Bush White House when this was front and center. Then in Obama, it's, it's, a, it's a complicated issue because it's been part of the dysfunction of Washington for so long. Uh, there were pictures of the president when he got to Texas, the Republican governor uh, met him. Uh, and the Republican governor handed the president of the United States a letter in which he said, you should detain everybody who illegally crosses the border. You should fully enforce that Title 42, which is turn them back, seeking asylum, let them file their claims from elsewhere, aggressively prosecute illegal entry, resume the border wall construction Governor Abbott wants, uh, name the Mexican drug cartels as foreign terrorist organizations. Um, this was an opportunity for a constant critic of the president to politely and respectfully say, this is what I want you to do, sir. Mm -hmm. Is there any chance, maybe not with the Congress, with the governors, is there any chance or are we just in this political standoff over this issue? I, I think we're in a political standoff. I, I mean, I think there is a reason, as you said, this has not gotten done. People are dug in on all sides. And it's something where anything, any type of movement on it could be considered amnesty. Republicans will not do that. You have a lot of debates within the left on how to handle this. And people will point out that it is not illegal to cross the border and to seek asylum. That is not illegal. So how you deal with this issue, it does take a Congress and lawmakers and policy people who are willing to work together. We have not seen that for the past few decades. And back to the previous conversation quickly, both of you jump in. If you're Kevin McCarthy, a speaker, and if, if the president of the United States is the leader of the country, if he made a proposal, is there any chance this Republican speaker on the tenuous ground he lives on could try to negotiate? Any sort of proposal from the Democrats is going to include something like you said, dreamers. And that is not where the Republican Party stands now. They want border security first, and then maybe they'll discuss uh, dreamers 
illegal immigration, legal immigration, but they are nowhere close to that. And also, yet. we should just point out how toxic it is about to be on Capitol Hill in terms of the investigations, potential impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas. So while theoretically I completely agree with Phil that it could happen, I also just think that the politics are going to get incredibly difficult for both sides. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. I think that my family has always had a big influence on me for not smoking because since I was little I was taught that smoking was wrong. Recent studies indicate that smoking among teens often leads to the use of alcohol and other drugs. I think having faith in God is a big part in it because the way I was raised has helped to avoid smoking. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. All right, I'm back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. That was a mainstream press report on the border. It's interesting how the mainstream press is starting to, to some degree, get it in the sense that they realize Joe Biden is nothing but a shyster, folks. He wants photo ops and nothing more. Speaker of the House and others, literally a shame and a disgrace as well. Look, we need to come together on this border issue. And we need to realize it does start with security at the border. Absolutely locked down the border to people who uh, are coming here illegally. And they say it's not illegal to cross the border. It's not illegal to this and that. You know what? We can debate that till the cows come home, but we have got a border crisis. And you shut down the border 100% so that you send a message to all these countries and all these individuals that have been lied to and told that, you know what, you can come to America, they'll let you in. Yeah, it might not be pleasant getting here, and yeah, it might not be. But at the end of the day, uh, you know what, a better life is for you. I agree with the immigrant that says all people that are coming here aren't bad. A lot of them just want a better life. A lot of them are escaping horrible situations. I agree with every bit of that. But the quintessential point is, folks, we cannot handle uh, the amount of people being brought to the border. Uh, I believe governments are involved behind the scenes. I believe we're being betrayed by Joe and others who are sending a message worldwide that come to America. It's got to stop. 
And the only way I know to stop it is to literally say, look, we're going to close the border 100%. Now, I know the Democrats and liberals will say, well, that's a non-starter, and they'll just riot. I get it. But then we say, you know what? We can talk about individuals. And everybody does not have the same status as other people. And so you need to prioritize the statuses in which people come to America. Let's take a little kid that comes. They're calling them dreamers. And they come as a kid, and then they grow up here. Many of them, all they know is the United States, folks. And so you can say, well, you know, hey, send them back. Well, send them back where? They don't know anywhere else, folks. To force them to go back and have no start and ruin their lives if they built things in America, if they have productive jobs, and that doesn't make sense. Now, the second you say, well, let's make some type of opportunity for somebody, then people scream the amnesty word and say, you're going to let everybody just, you know, no, you can create levels of allowing people to stay, but allowing people to, you know, deal with certain things. You know, have you lived here your whole life as a dreamer and you, you, you don't have any problems with the law and you're a productive citizen? That's different than someone who's lived here and caused nothing but trouble for our country. Dreamer or not. So we need to kind of back into this discussion with an idea of how do we make it better? How do we improve the situation in a productive way that can give people benefit of the doubt, that has an element of forgiveness, that literally stops the bad guy, the criminal, the terrorist? How do we stop those people but yet reward those who come for the right reasons? You say, well, if you come for the right reasons, you got to obey the law and come legally. You know what? It is very difficult for someone to come legally to America. It's very easy to come illegally, and that is the quintessential problem. We need to make it impossible to come illegally, and we need to make it reasonable for people to come legally. If you can come to America with a sponsor, see, we could create plans that would say, look, you've got to leave the United States. However, you know what? We can create holding places where you can go. And we will process your application to come into the United States legally and appropriately. Uh, you know, there's ways to do this without just pure amnesty. But what we got to do is jettison these political buzzwords, these scare words. Amnesty means all or nothing in many people's minds. We don't need to do an all or nothing. We can say to people, if you're here for a legitimate reason, if you grew up here, uh, came as a child, so you know what? Coming wasn't your fault. You didn't do anything illegal as a little kid to come. We need to realize little kids are innocent. They're not responsible. They didn't know any better. When you're 5 and 10 and 6 and you come to America or whatever else or 3 or 2, you don't know. You're just going where your parents say to be and to do. and to, you, They're not responsible for it. You say, well, they grew up here illegally. They don't know anywhere else to go, people. So you say, well, Sam, man, you're just going with the liberals. My golly, you're – no, I'm not. I just said you need to shut the porter down from an illegal point of view tight. And we need to work on then these categories of people. And we need to think that they are people, not cattle, not trash. Not, they're people. And so, you know what? I might be softer on immigration than others to some degree. But I'm not softer on criminal activity. And I'm not softer on it's okay to break the law. I'm not soft on that at all. But there are ways forward if we get rid of the politics and we truly care about other people you know who is your neighbor the good samaritan comes to mind but who is your neighbor is it just somebody that lives on your same block or is your neighbor somebody else in the world that needs a better life how do we help those people get a better life but yet stop the criminal
how do we help solve our political stalemate and uh, allow good, honest people to come to America and have a better life? We can do this if we set our minds to it and get rid of the political, uh, you know, bantering. You say, well, Sam, you've already opened the door to amnesty, buddy, by saying that you'll allow some people to stay. No, you can create penalties for being here illegally. You can create obligations. You can create, there's a lot of ways, right? You can create, you know what, you get a certain amount of time if you grew up in this country uh, and you are not illegal in any way except for that you got drug across the border as a kid. But you're a productive member of society, and you can show that you have a sponsor and show that you can make a living and show that you can pay taxes and show that you can. And I'm not a big tax guy, but I'm just saying, if you can demonstrate that you're you're an asset to the United States, I think we can have very little penalty for those people. You know what? You pay a fee to cover some of the costs that it takes to support the border. And you know what? Maybe we let you stay. What percentage of people is that? You say, well, Sam, we can't. Then where do you go? Well, you go with starting with categories of people one at a time. And you go with treating people as people. And you go with saying, I want to get rid of this political all or nothing idea. And I'm going to get rid of this idea that we can't make progress because we can. We're going to take the extremes out of it on both sides. That's how you start, but Biden's getting attacked from both sides. I wish people could come up with a solution. I wish I could help negotiate and make a difference on this, but I can't. No one will listen to me. But Google Parent Alphabet has cut roughly 12,000 jobs across the country affecting positions worldwide. That isn't going to go well for the economy, is it? Trump is warning the GOP not to go after Social Security, Medicare, and the debt ceiling. Under no, uncertain, under no uncertain circumstances should the Republicans go after Social Security or Medicare or anything like that, Trump said in a, quote, video posted to his Truth Social channel. I get it. T-Mobile leaked data on 37 million Americans. U.S. no-fly list leaked after it was found on a secured server There's over a million names on it, folks. So we need to really kind of step back for a second and say, look, how do we make things better in America? And I think that we're going to have to compromise to some degree. We're going to have to put plans in place that matter. You're going to have to close the border big time. Send a message that you can't come to America. We cannot handle the waves of people wanting to come. We just can't handle it. It is overwhelming everyone. If I have a bank account with a million dollars in it, but I stand on the street corner and give a dollar to everybody that walks by, it won't be but minutes and I won't have any money. That isn't the way. The way is for me to say, I got a million dollars in the bank. How can I help people? How can I help people in a sustained way that lets me continue to help people, not just help people for a flash in the pan, and then I'm out of resources also? And so we need to shut the illegal door and open the big legal door to a lot of good people who want a better life. I don't blame them. We can do this, folks. And to me, the border is one of the best issues that we can do this on because it's not partisan. I know it's become partisan, but it ought not be. We ought to treat people as the good Samaritan would. We need to basically stop criminals so that other people are not in danger. 
while at the same time allowing for a better life for those who want to be here for the right reasons. We can find ways forward. We can find ways forward, whether it's immigration. We can find ways forward, whether it's data leaks. Uh, We can find ways forward, whether it's the economy. And the best way to do this is use the supreme law of the land as the guide. And the best way to do this is to think of people before politics. Think of people and principles before uh, divisions or parties or any of these other things. It starts with a humble heart and willing hands. It starts with turning to God Almighty for guidance. It starts with realizing a lot of these religious organizations are too soft on the immigrants. At the same time, to some degree, they're treating them as people. How do we extract from all the different camps the good and what they've got to offer and build a plan that brings people together? I think it can be done, folks. But I know it's going to take a lot of work. I don't want you all to think that I'm just totally soft on the border. I'm not. I don't want to build a wall because I think walls can keep people in as much as they can keep people out. But I am for vetting people and I am for putting categories together and I am for making laws that reject those who come illegally and reject the open border. We're going to hand out everything under the sun. Please come one, come all mentality that's been pervasive over the last couple of decades creating the crisis we face. I reject that. But I do stand for opening an appropriate legal door that would not bring people on the dole, that would not have people come for the wrong reasons, that would let people have a better life if they're willing to work hard for it. There's ways to get sponsors. There's ways to bring people into the country that doesn't drain our system. got to work hard, people. Two hours in the can. Thanks for being alongside with the ride. I told you I was going to talk to you about my health. I'll do it a little bit more in, in another day. But I've got a lot of health issues that are kind of plaguing me. And so that's why Lowell's not here today because I was supposed to be out for some things. And then things changed and I forgot to catch him up. My fault. I apologize. Publicly to Lowell and we'll get him back soon. Two hours in the can. Thanks for being alongside with the ride. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word. Share the love. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. America.